All right, this is a weird thing to bring up, but uh, my son was sick yesterday throwing up. And in the about the past hour, my tummy has started not feeling so great. <laughs> so if at some point I go running off screen, <laughs> mm. feel free to handle it however you wish in terms of the show must go on or you stop or pause. But well, I hope that be why. I hope both of you are recording. And if not, I'll just have to use my backup because I think that's the show opener. Because I predict <laughs> when we get to uh, Blink, Josh, but, oh, guys, I got to cut out early. Man. Leave it to you two. Crazy case of the poops just flared up. <laughs> <laughs> The scotch on the rocks, please. Any scotch will do, as long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, single malt, Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps, maybe a Glengowrie, any Glen. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. A martini, shaken, not stirred. All right, gentlemen, we are going to travel back. 25 years to when uh, Blink did not rule the box office. Uh, it was the top new film uh, that week. I, I tell you one weird thing looking at these lists when we go back like past like the last five to ten years is how few of movies there were. I guess since there wasn't like video on demand or streaming, like it, they didn't list straight to video. But we had four new films come out that week. Blink released on 1500 screens. And open to $4 million at the box office, which does not sound like a lot, but the number one grocer that weekend was Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, <laughs> Your favorite. In its tenth, yeah. in its tenth, tenth week. Tenth week. Uh, $7 million. So um, that's going to go up against our forgotten film here, um, which may be legitimately forgotten, because for all of the Nicolas Cage memes we get and uh, video supercuts, I don't think Red Rock West makes a ton of those uh, passed around the internet. And certainly that weekend on January 28th through the 30th, it opened on one theater and grossed $11,000 to come in dead last that weekend at the box office. It was the lowest grossing thing uh, out there. I'm hoping Jared has a budget on uh, this one because, all right, good. Because as usual, box office mojo in there. Grid, I can't say it looks accurate because it says eight dollars <laughs> for Red Rock West. <laughs> Dennis Hopper commands more than eight. Uh, for Blink, it was a sixty-five percent from the critics, forty-four percent from the audience. It made sixteen point seven million domestic on an estimated budget of eleven million dollars. Red Rock West. 95% from the critics, really high. 74% from the audience. Overall, $2.5 million domestic on an estimated budget of $8 million. Wait a minute. Did you say that movie was titled Red Rock West? Because I don't remember watching a movie called Red Rock West. Jared, you, you told me we'd be watching a different movie. I don't know what you're talking about. What could you be referring to? What does he say? What is he talking about, Mike? What are... I have a feeling that uh, one of these words will be switched. Maybe, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I also have a guess that Josh didn't have to dig too far. He just went to his personal shelf and was like, I've got that one. <laughs> Don't have to stream it. <laughs> uh, mm. Touche. <laughs> That's what you get for trying to dirty up the show. This is a family program, sir. <laughs> We're here to talk about Red Rock West, not your, uh, uh, I don't know, Skin and Max stuff. I'll give you a benefit of the doubt. Um, all right, you know what? Let's. I have a feeling we're going to have a lot to, we might have a lot to talk about with both of these, but uh, on that note of Skin and Max, let's throw out some positives for Blink off the top. <laughs> There's the, a lot of sex in this movie. The saxophone soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it actually had me, because mistakes have been made on this show. Uh, Jared uh, was accosted for making a mistake back in our American Hustle episode with Tricked when he actually did not go on the record there. He watched the right trick, which was incredibly depressing sounding about uh, prostitution and how that's bad. Whereas we watched some Swedish film where uh, everyone is having sex and it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) As long as you you don't get uh, too braggy about it, um, it's, it's fine. Cheat as much as you want. 
Blink, I had to double check myself. I'm like, wait, this was, this was like a mainstream release, right? This was, this was not <laughs> airing straight to Showtime, <laughs> uh, because for I think the first, what would you say, first half hour, it's pretty normal, and then the detective yeah. comes into it. Um, we have the basic premise here is Madeline Stowe playing a woman who, uh, is getting a cornea transplant. Uh, she was blinded in a, um, a family abuse situation by her mother when she was eight years old. And now she's had this procedure done and she can see ish, I guess when it's convenient for the movie. And then when it's, uh, very inconvenient for the killer to be unmasked, she can't see shit which is also one of my favorite parts of the movie we have uh like a this this is very like 80s feeling we mm -hmm. have like a police captain that gets in his cop's face and actually gets in this poor blonde woman's face i think at one point when she can't like actually like without a shadow of a doubt say this is the man who did it who's going around killing people in this city <laughs> it's basically like woman can't you see anything yeah <laughs> like <laughs> You yeah, didn't know her history, right? Let's cost the, the blonde woman. Like, you can't see squat, can you? You were blind. Until six weeks ago, yes. Mm -hmm. You were blind completely. Up until six weeks ago? Yes. Okay. Um, now, let me get this straight. I'm a little bit confused here. You heard some suspicious noises upstairs, and you hear this guy coming down the stairs... You look out and you spoke to him. That was last night, but you didn't see it till this morning? That's right, yeah. So what is that? I mean, your eyes are driving the train and your brain's the caboose. It hasn't caught up yet? <laughs> I guess you could say that, yeah. So your eyes are having a delayed reaction to reality? Uh <laughs> I don't know how to explain this. It's, it's something that happens with some people who've had this kind of surgery, but I, we're a little off track. I came here to tell you that I think something's really gone wrong. Oh, okay, it's all right. Okay. Thank you. Um, how long were you blind? <laughs> Are there any cops around here who work, or do you all just sit around and drink coffee? Did you happen to consume any alcoholic beverages last night? You don't believe me? Did you have anything to drink? It's a simple question. Wine. Wine? Oh, wine. How much wine? A little. A lot. Look, but it has If you'll excuse me, I can personally see the seven dwarfs doing cartwheels on a little, a lot of wine. I'm very happy for you. Have a nice day, Miss Brody. There was someone in that hallway. I could smell him. Smell? What does it say on this? Hmm? Fuck you, detective. No, that's not what it says. Listen, lady, that's not five feet away from you. You don't see very well. Ralph, come. Come on. So... It's a pretty normal, I think, thriller. Uh, it feels like you probably something you could see today. Uh, if you want to follow, uh, I guess, all of us on Letterboxd, Jared, I read his review. Uh, <laughs> spoiler for tonight's recording. Uh, he is at JG Dotson on Letterboxd. And uh, you basically said this is, it feels like a television show procedural for a long stretch. Now, so this could have been like a Law & Order episode with the way that it plays out. Like, it's... Like you said, for like the first 30 minutes, like I was actually involved and interested in where this movie would go. And then like it, it sat at a stoplight for about 50 minutes of the movie because it repeats this. Well, did you see him? I think I did. Are you for sure? No. Repeat <laughs> over and over and over again. There's an introduction of possible psychological trauma, as I said, with the uh, her upbringing where... I guess the movie is suggesting that she's seeing people. It's not that she even can't make out the figure or the face, but that she's seeing people who may or may not be there. And uh, I don't know how I felt about that, but uh, I did enjoy quite a bit Aiden Quinn here. I think in the opening sequence, trying to get the attention of this <laughs> blind woman before he knows she's blind, 
in some sort of, I don't know, is it like river dance bar? Like we have, we have like violins and we have like jugs being played and you have this, it, I don't know. It, it, it's just, I, I was trying to place this. It was, <laughs> was early Mumford this. and Sons. Yeah. Like this is the uh, early nineties and I'm like, Hmm, you know, what, what were they going for here? But what they're going for is that Aiden Quinn on a lark, I'm assuming inebriated this cop, makes a like side bet with his buddies that he can get Madeline Stowe's attention, and he will not be denied. He goes, not only dances like an idiot by himself, takes off his shirt, but then when that doesn't work, he takes off everything and drops trowel. And uh, I was hooked. I was like, okay. <laughs> doesn't take much for you, does it, Mike? Well, no, no. This is kind of, this is one of the things I like about doing this show is if you go back far enough, these type of movies become like time capsules or relics where it's like this uh this would not be the way we'd introduce our, <laughs> our hero. cop lover character. <laughs> no, not at all. Making a fool of himself and uh uh being very aggressive and everyone seems to love it. Everybody seems to love this guy's just getting his gear out in front of everybody and that this woman playing the, the fiddle has no response. And then uh, the director here, Michael uh, Apted, goes for the uh, the visual gag where it's like, ah, oh, she's blind. Look at her <laughs> eyes. She's blind. That's why she's not responding. And then everybody feels bad about what they just watched. Yeah. That's my letterbox review. <laughs> <laughs> A bit wordy, but acceptable. <laughs> I'll get it down. I'm not. I'm not yet uploaded it yet. This is just a practice run. Oh, okay. So, Josh, um, where were you? J- Jared was into like the, you know, the procedural elements. I was into Aiden Quinn showing his ass. Uh, somewhere in the middle, or you an ass man? <coughs> well, don't lie. Why do we have? <laughs> why do we got to put a label on it? I mean, we can be a little bit of column right. A and a little bit of column B. Okay, all right. Uh, no. Um, well, kind of like what you alluded to earlier, I when when I was watching this, um, and, and really the twist came for me just now at the beginning of this episode is I was for certain that Red Rock West was the mainstream <laughs> release and Blink was the forgotten film. So when you just revealed that that was not the case, I, my mind was blown. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? It was uh, <laughs> it was unfortunate to hear Jared say that Red Rock West lost money. Uh, even with what'd you say, ninety five percent, ninety five percent tomatoes. Critics. I think that was like on yeah. uh, even for an old movie. I think it's like thirty some reviews. So I think. And uh, and to be fair to Blink, Roger Ebert was a fan of this film. So I guess like your big time critics gave gave this one a pass. Um. So I guess the way I come down on it is it, it's I'm kind of in a <laughs> a meshing of the both both of your all's takes because uh, I, I thought it was a decent. Just kind of your run of the mill detective um, who done it uh, a story, and I I was actually kind of intrigued by the the blonde element, you know, her getting the eye transplants and um, her having to adjust to that because that's not something you really think about that normal. You don't really hear about those types of transplants that often and what it must be like to go from blindness to all of a sudden you know seeing and. I mean, I guess this character she saw when she was a child before the event happened, but just that in itself I, I found to be pretty interesting and a, and a pretty neat take to um, kind of initiate this story. But where I agree with Jared is that there is an awful lot of running circles around the, did you see anything? <laughs> no, not really. And, and, uh, they probably could have trimmed some of that out and, and probably made those characters a little bit more sympathetic to like, hey, she's doing her best here with, um, you know, being blind most of her life and all. Uh, but it, it, it was a, um, an interesting, fun little uh, mystery whodunit. Uh, it's not nothing I would rave about, but it... I didn't feel terrible spending my time watching it. It was, uh, as a matter of fact, the more I watched it, the more I kind of started getting memories of, I think, um, when I was a child. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, like, ABC or, or NBC, one of those channels. Like, they would do, like, a, a Saturday night movie or a Sunday night movie. And it was just a, a TV edit of a, a movie that had been out for a while or something. Um, I'm almost positive I remember, like, seeing parts of this, like, in that format, so you didn't see see the ass shot. I'm assuming. Oh, probably not. No, that that was and gold. There's there's a whole montage where 
our hero detective and Madeline Stowe, the blind lady, um, just can't keep their hands off each other in various <laughs> locales. And uh, as usual, uh, as I've said before on the show, when there's uh, nudity or sex, like I, I sort of call myself out to my wife. I'm like, hey, <laughs> look at this. So if we if you if we watch it together, uh, I don't feel bad. <laughs> Put your eyes on that. And uh, I don't think she was impressed. And it's, I tell you what, it's so marginal, the sex scenes, that it, I think it feels stranger watching this with a 2019 lens that, not to be too crass, but like our leading lady, it, it's kind of pointless that she's topless for just like, just enough to say that they have breasts in this movie, basically. that's It, feel, it, it feels exceptionally like mid to late 80s old fashioned like, this movie it's tom for the nudity it, yeah, this is an r-rated yeah. movie uh let's give them what sure, they paid yeah. for it's very it feels very much like it's part of the formula <clears throat> speaking on the formula though i don't know and i don't know i mean i doubt as josh said i doubt this is this is not regarded as some sort of classic uh which to be fair i don't know if red rock west is a well-known classic even though it's critically held in high regard but do we do we worry about spoiling anything here? Because I, I have one criticism, and it kind of hinges on on the reveal, I guess, of the killer. And I, I think it lends itself to. I don't know if it makes it more satisfactory or less so because it. Spoiler warning for Blink right now. How about that? There you go. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So when the first murder happens, that she's the witness to. Um, and she actually goes and tries to call the cops and then they, they, you know, they're like, what are you talking about? You saw something, you didn't see something. And then they end up showing up at her place. Like, Oh, there's someone, there's a dead body in this uh, apartment complex. And they go downstairs and it's like, Oh, there's a woman that says she thought there's sort of a prowler about, um, it's a shadowy figure as it is. And it's kind of distorted. Mm -hmm. Um, and no offense, I wondered. I thought for sure Jared would jump all over this. The only detail they keep giving is that he seems to be a bald man. That seems to be the only thing. <laughs> the most dangerous con. I will explain. I am a bald man. <laughs> and they, when they, when they reveal her to be like seeing someone who clearly couldn't be the killer, he like grows hair. That's when it reveals like, oh, you're you're mistaken again, lady. But when she's not mistaken, when it's got the like killer music playing. Uh, it's always a bald guy. Oh, you can calm down now. See, this is a fully headed, full, fully hit hair of hair. You know, <laughs> I, like, I like fully headed. Hair. <laughs> there goes Josh again. You know, he's, he's just ready to move on to Red Cock West. He's, he's got his notes. <laughs> Red Rocket, Mike, get it right. Red Rocket West. Yeah, I guess I went dirtier there. You That's did. Fine. Um, so she sees this shadowy figure who like whispers to her. It's like, it's like, it's fine. Like claims he's like the landlord, like God knows what he's doing or why he would be like, go back to bed. It's okay. Fix your neighbor's plumbing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, she doesn't buy it though. Like she's like, thinks she gets visions later, but I'm thinking the whole time. Okay. It has to be someone that knows her. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I think I know where this is going. you, you, You just killed someone. You just killed a woman upstairs. You're going downstairs through this apartment complex. Someone opens the door five feet away from you and is staring right at you, <laughs> right? It's your big, bald face. And your response is, go back to bed. I'm the landlord. Well, <laughs> if, if you don't know <laughs> that she's blind, how can that be your go-to card where you can just pull that on people where you're like... <laughs> You just tell them, I'm the landlord, go back to bed. (laughs) So I'm telling my wife, I'm like, well, it's got to be someone she knows, right? Or someone who knows her situation. But no, it's, it's, (laughs) the killer's revealed to, he's already made one fuck up that night. Yeah, it's turned out to him. got the wrong address. It's a mistake, so it doesn't. (laughs) How does he know to tell her? How does he know that she's blind or... so that means he doesn't know that it's her, and he was just banking on the ability of, oh, she won't remember me. It's fine. Because if he knew it was her and he got his mistake, he would just kill her right well, then and there. I think it was And so- if he didn't know that she was blind and you thought she was a witness and you still got the right person, you got to kill her too. You got like Either way it works, she's gone in that Maybe sequence. Maybe you just want to yeah, get I away. Think- Maybe you have some uh, issues that we need to work through. <laughs> I'd kill her too! <laughs> yeah because if if i'm not mistaken i think you're kind of putting the words in his mouth i think she opens the door and she's like hello and he stops and she's like 
Mr. Kachowski or whatever it is. And he's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> now listen, the way you're playing it is like Beavis <laughs> is the killer here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm him, what you just said. <laughs> I, did, I wasn't claiming that the explanation was any better. I was just saying, I don't think he could. Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone with her little, his little tape recorder had more game. And it, that world makes a little bit logically more sense than this. So I'm thinking, okay, well, that's kind of clever. So it's got to be someone that knows her situation. Well, that can't be too many people. But she plays in a band. Uh, she's had presumably other guys hit on her. You've got this doctor character that they build up for almost the entirety of the movie. It's like, well, he's a creep. Oh, uh, I, I had my money on him the whole movie. I was like, oh, it's the doctor. I mean, and you've got the the partner to the detective who's always kind of wanting yeah. to put hands on her. Yeah, I, I, I thought I'm kind of agreeing with you, Josh, that the setup is perfectly fine for this type of thriller mm-hmm. where there's a lot of kind of skeevy men seemingly trying to take advantage of this woman right. in particular. Yeah. Um, set up with that sequence I love with a man pulling his pants down to get the attention of a woman. But, spoiler alert, it's just revealed to be someone we don't know. I mean, that's more real-world accurate than it being, like, you know, someone that's always, like, close to the victim, I guess, but I didn't think it was that satisfying. I've always had a problem with, um, particularly, I think, films maybe from that... I don't know if that's fair to say. I I was going to say maybe films from, like, the 80s, 90s, where... Uh, a whodunit does just kind of lead to like a, a random person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if it's fair to say that that's really a, an, an era type thing, but uh, any type of mystery it does that though. It, it takes the air out of it because if you and it wouldn't if, have to if, with this situation, it could be someone she knows, but she just didn't know that she saw them. Right. I mean, half of what makes watching a, a whodunit mystery fun is you're trying to piece it together yourself as you watch it. And if the film is holding cards away from you, it's like, guess what? It's none of these people. It's this, uh, it's this weirdo, you know, that you you haven't met. Um, it, like I said, Red it Rocket a- is back. <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> the non-headed individual. The non-headed. You see, people like Jared, they're fully headed. You see all of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Jared, you're no Aiden Quinn with that enthusiasm. That's right. <laughs> but there's no mo- if Jared is the cop, there's no movie here. Because his buddy's like, go get it, go do it, Jared. You know what would be awesome? If you pull your pants down in front of that woman playing the fiddle. <laughs> and Jared, of course, wouldn't do it. And uh, the life would just be a lot less colorful, Jared. I, I make a good uh, effort to not do anything either of you suggest <clears throat> for my betterment, and I think it served me pretty well for 25 years. Uh, except this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> except this podcast. You talked me into doing this stupid shit. And I really think that you should embrace growing the crown of hair around your head like the doctor instead of just going for the all-bald look. Yeah, some uh, good advice there. Uh, that's definitely <laughs> in my best interest, I'm sure. <laughs> The uh, next up, a YouTube channel for sober cinema. We'll just talk about our hairlines. The, uh, <laughs> the bo- forty minutes, the bozo, week. as I call it, from uh, <laughs> the sides to the back with muscle on top. <laughs> what was the was it the Friar Tuck we always thought would be badass? <laughs> the ring around the top of the head, like it. Like you grow, you grow, you grow the beard, and it connects from like your sideburns, and it's just a strip on top right. all the way around. Yeah, real badass. Yet again, a very different movie because every character is like, well, that's got to be him. That's the guy. Like, <laughs> you know this guy? <laughs> oh yeah, I couldn't see his face, but yeah, here, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm gonna line up every week. I was just sitting at the house. His beavis voice tried to tell me he's the landlord. <laughs> it's me. So suddenly my life's in danger again, right? That's right. You expect me to believe you? What is this? Money? You want my money? I don't have any more money. Why don't you get the fuck out of my house? Not listening to me. Your friend, the ranch hand, he's been shot! <clears throat> All right, uh, let's move on to another film with uh, some <laughs> mistaken identity. Except this time we get the pleasure of seeing Nicolas Cage with his stupid Nicolas Cage face <laughs> reacting to yes. the situations that he keeps putting himself in. 
Either one of you seen this before? I'd seen no, this. Before. No, this was completely first new time, for me. and I love this movie. Okay, so <clears throat> I I'm going to bet there are no ill words spoken about Red Rock West. None from me. I can't think of anything really. No. So the movie starts with Nicolas Cage, I believe, <clears throat> shirtless and shaving on the side of a desert road, and then doing push-ups. Is he doing one-arm one arm. push-ups? Yep, one-arm oh. push-ups. Yeah. yeah. With a, he puts on a wife beater, I think, for his you know workout attire, <clears throat> and uh, just on a dusty highway. Um, I'm trying to think: is Dwight Dwight Yoakam playing? Are there Dwight Yoakam songs in this? Yeah. I know he makes an appearance. There, the okay. the big song, I think, like the end credit song is mm-hmm. one of his. Yeah, I felt like they bookended. Oh, they that, may have. That. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, you, you can tell what type of movie it is that it's playing to like <laughs> that type of like. Not only we're we gonna get this guy to sing you into red rock west and sing you out of but he's gonna make an appearance as a trucker that's easily agitated but also easily won over by someone that he previously <laughs> drew a gun on <laughs> loved every minute of this nicholas cage comes out to get a job doesn't get a job i believe he has what five dollars in his wallet yep and he's driven from texas to are we what wisconsin wyoming wyoming and uh the movie like I don't think they cheat, but there's a lot of these movies where it's like someone who like gets themselves involved in like criminal work that's not necessarily a criminal that it's sort of easy to dismiss the character like, well, you were kind of asking for this. And I believe even in that sequence after he's been turned down for a job because he's got like a bum leg um, from his military service. And he was honest about it. Yeah, Most, in his interview. Yeah, All of his bad stuff comes from the fact that he's being an honest and good guy. So at the gas station, there's no one, there's no attendant around. He's got $5 left. And he goes in, and they've just left, like, I guess they're, like, petty cash or, like, Fuck sort the, of like an open so, register kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got cash, and the, he makes a big show of showing this man deciding, like, if he's got $5 to his name and he's in the middle of nowhere, nowhere, assuming near friend, family, anyone who can help him out, is he going to take that money? And you're thinking, mm, yeah, I'd say you know, an act of desperation, and you could almost justify it. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. And that sets him on the path that he asks the attendant, gives him his last $5, like, hey, you know, where there's some work, and points him to Red Rock. Walks into a bar. Uh, pretty big coincidence that he's got Texas plates, and this bar, the bartender is waiting for a hitman to arrive from Dallas uh, to kill his wife. And what I love about the movie is he then <laughs> brings back Nicolas Cage. And Josh, you said the one time he's somewhat dishonest just in the sense that he knows he's like well i'm not the guy he's expecting but he's gonna give me a job so i'm sure i'll tend bar for a little bit basically you're thinking to get him to the next town he can do like mm-hmm. a little white lie and that guy gets some work out of him <clears throat> so he gets hired to kill this dude's wife and i guess the, the movie is pretty much like a domino effect of um sort of i don't know out of the frying pan into the fire like <laughs> every time he thinks he's got a fix for it uh, someone has screwed him over. Uh, someone that he's put trust in um, and is friendly to him, whether it be the wife, uh, Dennis Hopper. He, he ends up meeting and being on good terms with a lot of people, and almost a, every one of them is out to kill him by the end of the movie. <laughs> it's fantastic. Fantastic movie. So uh, I'll, I'll let you, Jared, what, what were your thoughts as a first-time watcher on uh, on this one? Yeah, it, um, there's really not a piece in this movie where it lulls too much. Like I was surprised. It, it, admittedly, it's like a 90, what is it? 97 minute runtime. So mm-hmm. it's not yeah. as difficult, you know, if it's like a two and a half hour movie, but you know, it's, it's immensely entertaining for the entire 97 minutes. Like it takes a lot of twists and turns there at the end that I, you know, wasn't expecting. Um, not too many characters. Uh, they all keep it pretty well confined with like these four main characters in this movie. All of them, I thought, were really, really good. Um, yeah, I, 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 I can't really find too many things negative, negatively to say about it. My only negative would maybe be the uh, femme fatale here. Lara who, Flynn Boyle. Yeah, not that she's... I think... Like, I love the, uh, the domino effect of the movie where one thing leads to the other, but there is one moment in the film where they kind of just have to keep her in place... And you're like everything else, like the, as Jared, what you're saying, the pacing of it, it feels like we get into this fix, we try to get out of it, that leads us into the next fix, 
But with her, there's sort of a stagnant period. There's a strange interlude, I guess, a strange sexual interlude, which, uh, boy, I love the double feature this week. Because, like, 25 years ago, movies were all right. Like, there's... Lost to this. You know, I mean, Deadpool's R-rated, but there's no sex in Deadpool. There's no boobies. There's not, they don't take time for this, but in this movie, even when it doesn't make too much sense, I love that Nicolas Cage can be talked into, like sexual relations and all he can really say is like well you're married and she just gives him like a gentle push like yeah who cares and he's like yeah you're right. <laughs> <laughs> husband wants to honest. kill you I mean, hired yeah. me to kill you <laughs> See, your marriage is on the rocks already marriage don't sound too strong if he's already uh, hiring somebody to kill you I figure you know adultery is the least of either one of their problems see okay so I mean I've enjoyed the aspect you all have already discussed but I think what really did it for me was like you have Nicolas Cage getting play, played up as this, you know, kind of like a Boy Scout, if you will. Um, I'm going to say anti-hero, not because, I mean, not by the true definition of anti-hero, but just because, like, he's not any good at it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's not Wolverine. He's not badass about it. No, like, in every other movie you see a Nicolas Cage movie, that's that's essentially, you know, he, he's definitely the hero. But, like, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I was laughing, and... I think intentionally so. I, I don't think they were trying to be awesome. Like uh, when when he's hiding in Laura Flynn Boyle's house when Dennis Hopper shows up. I was like, okay, so he's going to jump out with like a gun or something to his head and have a showdown or uh, take a vase, you know, and knock him behind the head. Like, no, he jumps out like from a doorway with like a, I don't know, like a buffalo statue or something <laughs> and, 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 and lobs it at like Dennis Hopper's face. <laughs> He's got pretty much one shot. He's got to take yeah. him out there, or he is dead. <laughs> and, and you know, you're so used to like the 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 Hopper action movies where people take 20 hits before they go down. So you're like, well, that's not going to do it. It's like, no, Dennis Hopper realistically was down for the count after you know taking this huge statue to the face. Uh, there's a scene where um, when. Nicholas Cage escapes um, J.T. Walsh after the car, and he's being chased through the woods. And he falls, I don't know how many times, because of his bum leg, like over twigs and sticks. And just, I don't know, I mean, I, I was dying. I, I just thought it was funny, just because it's like, he's not hero material at all. And, uh, yeah, he, he does constantly get dealt a bad hand. At one point, I almost was going to call it out, and that was... um when him and Laura Flynn Boyle are getting ready to escape and they go to take her Jeep. And yet again, the car is low on gas. I was like, that's too much. But he's like, the story of my life. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I know somebody who has that type of bad luck. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> <sighs> well, that what? <laughs> Let's hear it. Jared, that, what, that was about the time I text you saying that, like, this is your, you know. Ah, so that was the moment. I, I was wondering yeah. what exactly it was in the movie. <laughs> to have you texting about, Jared, you seem a lot like Nicolas Cage in that you suck during this <laughs> no, movie. It, 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 it was hey, like his sex with Laura Flynn Boyle. I mean, come on now. Yeah, he's not a totally bad character to be. I was just amused by his like distress of like, yeah, yep, sounds about right. My bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> I did have to change a car battery this past weekend. So it's, yeah. Point made. Mm -hmm. There you go. <laughs> You stuck you with J.T. Walsh <clears throat> character, though. I assume. Man, J.T. Walsh, did he play every sweaty sleazeball <laughs> in, like, movies from, like, the mid-'80s to late-'90s? It just seems like... <laughs> well, it's funny, the only... You know, you say that, and I'm thinking, like, uh, let's see... Was it Sling Blade? Has he played, like, the pervert creep in Sling Blade? That's in the beginning, like, the beginning and the end of the movie? I think so. That one I can't remember so well. Uh, I would say a few good men, though. He plays like the you know the the whistleblower. He plays like the honorable uh, military man that wants to mm. wants to tell the truth. That probably is like the most anti JT Walsh because he doesn't <laughs> have any of that. Um, I do like that. Usually, the bad guy is someone that even when plans like what you're talking about with like the the hero like sort of being the monkey wrench to them that they start to like they start to freak out but they kind of just throw i guess their power at it they just throw their henchmen or their money and this is a situation where he's tried to buy his way out of a fix and he's accidentally <laughs> hired the wrong hitman nicholas cage who now he has to like pay extra to like take care of that like, 
<laughs> he's sort of an incompetent, like uber boss villain yeah. character and i it's like a, it, it's very small town like the whole the whole movie is kind of based on incompetence even uh dennis hopper who you're kind of led to believe like okay so he's like a he's an assassin hard he's gun, a professional like, he does this yeah yeah but even even he you know is like <laughs> he kind of has no edge really towards the end and uh i, I don't know i just it kind of reminded me a little bit too of um your more older neo-noir type uh, films where it's not just the twists, but it's all the double crossings. I mean, nobody nobody really seems to be who they say they are and their relationships with one another is all twisted. And just going back to that unprofessionalism, just how quickly those, the J.T. Walsh's character and Dennis Hopper very quickly turn on one another. You know, it's just everybody, it, it turns into a every man for themselves. And uh, well, the it one makes thing it very they entertaining. They can't counter with uh, Cage's character is that he's someone that basically just wants enough gas money to get the fuck out of there. Like he's <laughs> yeah, yeah. usually you'll see someone that's like, okay, he's the good guy, but you know, greed gets the best of him, or he's drawn in for like you know one last big score. And they've already set up this guy as like so desperate, he has no money in his back pocket. And even he, once it reaches, <laughs> once it reaches a certain threat level, <laughs> he's, I'm done. Like I'm, he's just desperate to get to the next town. And uh, I think that's what I like the most about it uh, is that there's no real, <laughs> there's no real like Danny Ocean moment where he's been like playing all of them. Him, him he's just like trying to get to the, the next fifteen <laughs> seconds of safety. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the extent of it. <laughs> you know, when he uh, at the beginning of the of the movie after he's um, got the money from both J.T. Walsh and Lord Flynn Boyle, and then the shooting gets pinned on him. So he gets separated from the the car and the money. At that point, I, I think the movie was trying to say like, "Oh, the real threat here is uh, he's got himself into some hot water." Whereas my concern was like, "Oh, that money he tried so hard to get that he's been working so hard from. You know, he doesn't have that money anymore." And then I kind of was like, "Oh wait, this is bigger than that. He's maybe getting ready to get killed." Uh, so I can't tell you how pleased I was at the end of the film when. Uh, he he tosses all that money out, and I was like, "Oh man!" I was like, "You should have palmed like one stack of it or something." You know, I know you're not a greedy guy, but you should have palmed one stack. And during his desperation, like once he gets rid of her and the money, there's that stack wedged between the the wooden panels, and I was like, "That is so satisfactory." You know, well, that's that what is he's so owed, right? Isn't that what he yeah. actually agreed to? So it's like that's yeah. his. Yeah, <laughs> his he, he got he got it was, <laughs> he just had to go through like I don't know, was that one or two days? Like he had to put the work in for it. <laughs> <laughs> but but he got it in the end. He did get it. Jared, I'm assuming that's just far too happy for you if you're being uh, if you're being put upon that your your life is like this guy's character. Uh, I ex- I expected the ending to not work for you, where you were going to come in this podcast and be like, I liked all of it except for that bullshit ending. No, wouldn't happen. No, it would be some sort of like one of my bills got wedged inside of the uh, panel of the train or something like. <laughs> <laughs> As long as, it's, <laughs> as long as it's just that, Jared. <laughs> oh, what are you? Uh, what are Jared, you proposing? Jared's. I think Jared's bad luck version of this is somehow I, I accidentally ended up on that train too, pantless, and the the oh, Aiden Quinn style. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> the, trying to impress me, eh? <laughs> <laughs> the, the money shot between my my butt cheeks, and so Jared, in order to get it, has to go <laughs> pull it out. <laughs> Yeah, so you you would be more than willing to put the chunk of money there yourself. There would be no like fluttering through the wind. It would be like Jared, five thousand dollars. But you don't know no, what you have to do for. How it would work in real life would be that Jared would be early, and there'd be Josh in the corner of the train trying to fix himself up. <laughs> Jared just jumps off back to Red Rocks. I'll take my chances with Dennis Hopper and Laura Flynn Boyle. Um, uh. Yeah, I think this is one that uh, I I watched it. I think uh, the right way, and I can't. Remember, I think uh, this may have been the Netflix DVD days, or I may have just stumbled across it on television. But I just knew it had Nicolas Cage in it, and that was labeled like noir. That's it. Um, so I didn't really, <laughs> given the time period, I didn't really know if they'd kill somebody off early. I, I didn't know how they were going to play the reactions, but it's weird to say with something this uh, high concept. Like, man, that's a lot of coincidence. Like I said, that he happens to show up with Texas plates. The guy's like, are you the guy from Dallas? Yes. Are you looking for work? Yep, I'm looking for work. 
all right, I need you to kill my wife. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a lot that you have to work around that's very movie-ish, but it's also, it handles it in a very like realistic way. Like the way Nicholas Cage plays it, I think is, I, I'm trying to think, is there something like, Jared, can you think of something that like he should have done and it, but it would have stopped the story would have stopped the movie or do you, cause I think that he pretty much suggests everything that like you should do in that situation that's like, no, uh, keep in mind, the good and decent thing. Hmm. He, he could have, at the beginning, he could have left the guy on the side of the road after he does a hit and run, but he doesn't. I think the only misstep that I <clears throat> thought about in the entire movie was when she suggests to him to go to the office to get the money after they already know that they're on their tails. I was like, ah, you know, it, it, it's not... I guess she thought that the money, you know, the half million was going to be there definitely, so it was a little bit of an an easier sell but even still for like your life like uh, i don't know it's a small enough town where anyone's driving into town you're like oh there's somebody new like we can pretty much see everything (laughs) being wanted in clay city and driving down like down main street like yeah i don't but in defense of the movie he did refrain he did he didn't want to do it he he even basically acted like he wasn't going to and i think that's where like the the boy scout characteristic kicked in where he was like uh she's gonna go do it with or without me. So at that point, he's thinking she's going to go get herself killed. Yeah, so, you can read it like, and this money will set her up for the rest of her life in safety. Yeah, because according to her, her story, that money is rightfully hers anyways. Yeah. So it's like all technically a good deed by what he's been told. Um, I personally think he should have uh, cut out just after getting the money from the sheriff in the bar. Like... See now, that, but yet again, he's always doing that. Like he could have said, "Okay, I'll take the money." He, he gets what half or whatever. Yeah, to go over there to kill the wife, then half when he comes back and the deed's done. Yeah, he. <laughs> the easiest thing to do is like, well, I needed a part-time bartending gig. I need like gas money. Uh, oh, five grand. Oh, okay, <laughs> gone. But he's also thinking like, shit, this woman needs to be warned that she's about to be killed. So like you're thinking like okay mm. if I can stop there and warn her then I can leave town, I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you want to be hyper realistic about it, <laughs> none of the three of us would list a bum knee on an application. So this movie's over in like five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Healthy as a horse, sir. Yep. Knees <laughs> feels fine. <laughs> Especially if you show up out of state uh, with five dollars in your pocket. Uh, Sir, he drove 1,500 miles to get here. <laughs> Turn him around. Yep. <laughs> get that gimpy ass out of here. <laughs> uh, all right. I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, other than the fact that they're both like noir-ish movies, mm-hmm. um, I think we're in agreement that Red Rock West uses his disability, if you will, uh, in a more interesting <laughs> way. Even though that's not even really the main... I mean, it's a plot point, but it's not like you wouldn't say, tell someone to watch Red Rock West. I was about a guy with a bum leg. Like, that might be like the third or fourth <laughs> sentence down. Whereas Blink, it's kind of hard to avoid. Like, uh, she can't see good. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> Beavis told her it wasn't him. <laughs> she had to sleep on it, and then she wakes up. You know, that don't sound right. <laughs> that doesn't sound like Tom the Landlord. So did any of you, uh, like, do the, the research? Because obviously I didn't. But is that, like, an actual, like, ailment to uh, <laughs> cornea transplant to where, you're, like, you see things days later? Like, um, I did look just oh so slightly. Uh, I'll say I think it was, like, in the IMDb trivia section which you can take with a grain of salt because i think anybody can uh uh edit that but my understanding is at the very least the terminology (laughs) such a thing can happen as to how accurately they were portraying it i I don't know the details of that type of that type of thing but there is apparently some sort of um event that can happen for somebody who gets that type of transplant that uh I guess kind of like the way they explain it, maybe your brain's ha- having a delayed reaction to processing what it's seeing. So, again, I, I kind of doubt that the movie is portraying it very accurately. <laughs> it seemed kind but, of extreme because, like, I could get, like, a couple of seconds, you know, the wiring isn't, you know, great with the brain mm-hmm. yet. But, like, a day later, like, hey! You know, like, uh, Mike and Josh came to my hospital room. No, that was, like, <laughs> yeah. two days ago. Like, I, I don't... I don't know. It seems... In your case, it would be trying to explain that you, you're for damn certain that Josh 
had his pants down and was shoving things up his ass <laughs> for you to grab. I swear, John. <laughs> <Doc>. No. <laughs> that can't happen. <laughs> and then I walk in. I'm like, nope. Happens all the time. <laughs> I guarantee you. If you're a bad man. got it right. Just, just by instinct. <laughs> actually, actually, I thought about this when I was watching the movie. And what sure my go to prank would have been is like if if he can't see me as I'm doing the thing, then I'm just gonna have like all these like uh, flashcards of like penis pictures just randomly showing them to him. That way, like two days later, Jerry's just sitting there having like a grilled cheese sandwich, and all of a sudden, like ah, penis. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there like a who watches the Watchmen type effect there, where you sitting around for weeks, presumably drawing these flashcards? Yep. Wouldn't you go through the same <laughs> after effects? He, of it? he will take whatever collateral damage it takes. As like, long as I do it. You, you become the penis monster as well, Josh. Like you, you have to suffer. It's a symbiotic relationship. It's any amount of well, attrition. I swear, what I've, I've come to the conclusion that one of you is J.T. Walsh and the other one's Laura Flynn Boyle. Here. I'm either Dennis Hopper or, or Nicholas Cage. I'm dragged along to this weird, weird relationship. Both of you have penis flashcards pointing at the other one. Dangerous. Disgusting. Uh, Red Rock West is the obvious. I think the obvious answer here. Um, yeah. I will say, though, that I, I enjoyed Blink a bit more than Jared. <laughs> but probably not for the right reasons. Like, <laughs> the meanness to the blind woman <laughs> by the other cops. <laughs> and the just <laughs> weird sex montage in the middle of this serial killer roaming the city. Uh, parts of this I did I did enjoy. But, uh, yeah, I got to go with Red Rock West, which, in all honesty, probably could be made today. But I, I would assume mm-hmm. it would be another low-budget indie movie like, apparently, this was, you know, the box office when it was released. Which is odd, because actually it feels right at home. It's like an early 90s, uh, I don't know if I'd call it an action flick, but just that type of movie. It, it seems like something that should have done well. That's why I truly am <laughs> surprised that we're yeah. calling it the... Uh, well, its widest film. release, Josh, was in 22 theaters. It never got, like, an actual yeah, wide release. Really it's very, it is very strange because uh, I think all of these uh, – weren't all these people coming off, like, Lynch movies at that time? Like, or Yeah, like, uh, Larry Flynn Boyle had obviously been in the Twin Peaks series. Uh, um, Nicholas Cage, would he have – Wasn't he in the one where he's, like, the Elvis guy? The – the was it wild at heart oh yeah 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 i'm just saying like it feels like i guess this was if this had come out i think in two years earlier i think it might have been uh a bit of a hit i think maybe it was just a little too far out coming out in january of 94 from uh it's clearly going for like a, i think a more grounded david lynch type vibe i think with just like <laughs> stumbling into like a little like you turn over a rock and there are just a bunch of snakes there where it's just like you don't expect when you go to Tim Bar <laughs> oh, that you're going to be killing someone's wife or their husband yeah. and then Dennis Hopper the assassin shows up to save your life and he insists on drinking with you before he inevitably <laughs> wants to kill you uh, so yeah are we all in agreement on Red Rock West oh yeah easily. Yep. that was easy enough I mean once we got through Josh's insistence on butt play again uh in this <laughs> but you know i've <laughs> that would be far more lynchian so i guess you're just more in the spirit of this <laughs> you would have taken this one over the top so that's right uh let's see what do we have next i want to say we have uh we're, we're switching gears entirely i think it's um he's just not that into you and fanboys i mm. think i think it's a 10-year anniversary we have uh, yep, that is uh, correct. And boy, Jared's gonna be in a bad mood. He's just not that into you. And what was the other one? Fanboys, Fan which uh, I think was delayed for multiple years. Is uh, that the Star Wars? It's the Star yeah. Wars one that yeah. They, you're talking about being way out uh, of the <laughs> the prequel hype coming out in. Uh, February 2009, but I remember that it sat on the shelf for a long time and finally got, got dumped, much like, uh, I guess, Red Rock West. But that'll be fun, right, Jared? We'll go through some dating stories, some Star Wars nerdery, 
combine the two maybe yeah definitely some easily interwoven stories there star wars and dating sure josh Mm -hmm. please keep it this was your R-rated one, Blink and Red Rock West. No, uh, we're gonna lightsaber have our Star Wars episode erupting <laughs> out of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Which side? <laughs> <laughs> and how is it triggered once it's up to a certain? Well, now, That's on, why he does kegels. That you don't. Yeah, you don't have, have to. <laughs> That's a pelvic control. <laughs> Am I giving you more of the benefit of the doubt by saying he's got a clicker or, like, is it more athletically gifted if you're like, no, no, hands-free? <laughs> I do just so happen to wink at the same time that it ignites. Oh, <laughs> you know, people Jeez. have asked before, like, why do you do the podcast? Why don't you do the YouTube channel? It's this, because you'd see our faces, and it'd be... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if they could see your face of disgust right now, I think it'd be worth mm-hmm. it. Like, yeah, it's you shaking your head. It's the favorite scene it. from Bad Santa. Uh, <laughs> that's what John it is. John Ritter. <laughs> yeah, John Ritter, rest in peace. Uh, you, in our circle, you're forever known for butt play, and you don't deserve it, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of days ago, I was in uh, Women's Big and Tall, and uh, I heard these, um, you know, these noises, and I heard a woman screaming, and I heard his voice saying, that's right, you ain't going to SHIT right for a month. No, don't don't get me wrong. I I'm, was against the Clinton impeachment. What a man does with his own penis, Oval Office, women's big and tall, it's not for the American people to say. You're right. But when you're dealing with children, they have a tender sensibility, and you are in a position of trust. I think perhaps. Someone who has screaming orgasms with large women shouldn't. Yeah. Of course, I can't fire him for that. Oh, yeah. Fair practice. Special plea. Bitch, bitch, bitch. Fucking wrong. But I just, I just can't help it. There's something about the guy that makes me uneasy. Well, sure. Sound of fucking someone in the ass. <laughs> 